Welcome to Citizens for Community Media. I'm here in South Bend uh, with Dr. E. Michael Jones, and I've asked him to come on because we're in the thick of this uh, uh, President-elect Biden versus he's not President-elect uh, uh, war camps developing here. And what's developing uh, is something Mike is super familiar with and has written a lot about, and I think, <clears throat> I don't know where he's going to go exactly, but I think he might start with uh, uh, 1953 in Iran. Uh, I, I never get the word right. Megadushu, Megad... Uh. <laughs> yeah, it's Mogadishu. No, Mogadishu. Mossadegh. 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 Yeah, Mohammed Mossadegh. <clears throat> so 1953 was an important year uh, because uh, it was the beginning of the world as we know it now. The... the uh, the uh, new security state finally kicked in. The CIA was approved in uh, 1947 when Harry Truman was president. It's one of the biggest mistakes he ever made. He lived to regret it. He said when, after Kennedy was assassinated, uh, 10 years after 53, he said that uh, it had become a rogue operation and nobody was in control. Uh, certainly the elected representatives were not in control. So y y the dynamic is already there. Okay, who runs the country? We have a constitution. Uh, we have provisions for elected representatives being the representatives of the people, and the government is supposed to be run by them. But there are people who think they're smarter than the people of the United States of America, and they infest agencies like the CIA. CIA was uh, recruited. Originally, the, the, uh, all the CIA members were from Skull and Bones at Yale or some other secret society in Yale. Well, you, you can see the dynamic. Yale's an elite school. Skull and Bones is an elite society within an elite school. And these guys know better than the people of the United States. So don't hinder these people from doing what they know best, uh, which is at this point fighting communism. And we all know we have to fight communism. So what's your problem here? Well, this attitude, uh, you know, beginning with the anti-communism uh, crusade just grew. It grew and it grew and it grew. And this, this group of people basically took over the government of the United States of America. So, uh, but th it began in 53. And so we have uh, the, the situation in Iran. Uh, the Iranians have had a uh, democratic elections. Uh, and uh, Mossadegh is a popular leader. And he basically nationalizes the British uh, oil company, which had been exploiting Iranian resources with virtually no payback whatsoever. Okay, now we're at the dawn of the oil era, where you need lots and lots of oil. Uh, one year later, uh, the United States starts on one of the biggest construction projects in human history, otherwise known as the uh, interstate highway system. Uh, uh, which was a kind of stupid idea to begin with, because if you notice, it's the same system in the Bronx as it is in Oklahoma. And if you're in the Bronx, you do five miles an hour, and you're lucky, you think you're lucky if you can move at all. And if you're in Oklahoma, 75 is too slow. So it, does, it doesn't make sense. But the, the uh, automobile lobby wanted it, they, needed, they thought that they needed to be paid back for their contribution to the war effort, and they got it, and we're stuck with it. And it wrecked 
cities across the country to wreck them. Uh, we have a totally new uh, system. This all started right around this time. So in 53, uh, the United States had already made a deal with uh, Saudi Arabia. Uh, on his way back from, I believe it was Yalta, the conference during World War II, um, President Roosevelt stopped off in Saudi Arabia, and he saw, saw the way it was going. We need oil. And so he made a deal with the family of Saud. That, okay, you, you, uh, uh, you sell us your oil at a reasonable price, and we'll protect you from any woman. The United States military, the most powerful in the world, will protect you. So they made the deal, and that's fine. And they gave the Saudis a pretty good deal. Uh, the fact that it's Aramco has been around for this long to this day is a sign that it was a pretty good deal because both parties were satisfied. All the United States had to do at this moment in time was to offer the Iranians the same deal. And they would have kissed our hand because Iranians love Americans uh, in spite of everything. They would have kissed our hand and we wouldn't have had any conflict. But no, what you have here is the old elitist mentality per pervading the whole atmosphere once again. What is this elite? Well, we feel actually uh, we uh, people from Skull and Bones who went to Yale like William F. Buckley, we actually feel more of an affinity to the ruling class in England than we do to the working class in America, who happen to be our fellow citizens. Pat Buchanan talked about this. It was called the Great Rapprochement at the end of the 19th century, where basically impecunious British lords like Randolph Churchill went to America looking for uh, wives of, who were the children of fabulously wealthy American industrialists. Uh, and they cemented these marriages, and Winston Churchill was born of that marriage. So um, they abandoned common sense. The elites were in charge. It wasn't the people of the United States who made this decision. And they decided that we're going to try out something new now, and it's called psychological warfare. And this was, in many ways, the first real uh, attempt to do it. So Kermit Roosevelt goes to Tehran, and what you do is you buy off the media. You buy them off. It's easy to buy them off. You can buy the damn thing if you got enough money, but you can buy them off probably even more easily. And then you, you, once you secure them, then they are the people who are going to be responsible for the narrative. And then at that point, you, there's a, an election, or you don't even need an election, but let's, let's say there's, assume there's an election, you claim that there was fraud. You get the people agitated. The people go out onto the streets, and now they're being egged on by the uh, newspapers and the TV and the radio. This was stolen. Well, now they're saying there's fraud in ours, and in the past, they never really made it a huge issue. Well, it's never been as polarized as it is now, and the media have never been more powerful. So once they get that powerful, so you, you basically control the media. That means you control the narrative. So it's the same thing. Any banana republic, if the military engaged in a coup d'etat, the first thing they do is send in the tanks, and the tanks surround the radio station. And then you control, so the president can't get on the radio, and so uh, we're going to tell you what's going on. Well, it's, I'm, you're starting to see similarities, I, I take it. So Twitter is now banning Trump. 
Twitter is now more powerful than the United States of America. So back to Tehran, it's, it gets out of control. Kermit is, uh, has the Shah, Reza Pahlavi. His father had been king or whatever he was in Iran uh, uh, during the 1930s. This is his son. Sounds like a good prospect, except that the kid is scared to death and he runs away. <laughs> what are we going to do now? The thing failed. And so uh, Kermit gets a call from Langley in Virginia, and they say, look, it flopped. You, you know, sorry, you did your best, but time to come home. And Kermit says, no, no, I think we should give it another try. <laughs> and so Kermit brings the Shah back, ratchets everything up again, and the whole thing collapses, and he succeeds. And Mossadegh falls. And the Shah is put in his place. And that <laughs> has been causing problems ever since. Because it was, it, it doesn't, doesn't, it's not right. What they did was not right. And you can't have a firm foundation when it's based on injustice. But what, we what happened here is that we set the pattern for what came to be known as the color revolution. So they, one year later, let's do it again. Let's do it in Guatemala. Can, can you just tell us, give us the five, the five things or whatever, you know, what is the color of what, what? Okay, so for, first of all, you need a, a way of overturning, uh, over de deposing a government. How do we depose the government? The crucial factors are uh, usually an election uh, and the media uh, involvement in uh, tabulating the election or certifying the election. Once you control those things, you can pretty much depose anybody. And that's pretty much what they did, because no one knew, because the media were, you know, we're just starting. This is just the rise of television, just the beginning of television. Uh, radio was easy to control. Uh, there's only one radio station, two radio stations, maybe they're easy to control. And also the uh, you've got the, the newspapers. There aren't a lot of them either. You can buy them all off. And they were totally on the side of Kermit Roosevelt and the CIA in Tehran in 53. Kermit, Kermit is one of the sons of... Um Franklin. Franklin. So, yeah. the, so he's like the third one, probably. Yeah, he's famous family, and so he was there and one of the early uh, participants in the in the CIA. So uh, once you establish that, you can keep doing it, and they do it over and over and over again, and nobody seems to catch on. So let's fast forward to two thousand nine. Back, let's go back to Tehran. Here we are, back in Tehran again. And we got another color revolution. It's now called a color revolution. The color is green. And so you got all these uh, Iranians uh, in a similar situation. They're all wearing green bandanas. And they're all talking about uh, how uh, Ahmadinejad shouldn't have been elected. Ahmadinejad was in exactly the same situation that Trump is in now. He was a populist. He came to power uh, after being mayor of Tehran, which is the biggest city there, huge city, nobody knows how many people live there, 13 million maybe. Is that big? Uh, it, 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 after, in 1945, there were 250,000 people in Tehran. Now there's 13, 14 million. Nobody knows how many. They can't count that high. Uh, all grew up uh, after the automobile, no trains, every, monumental traffic jams wherever you go. Uh, it's just part of life there. You can't get, you can't escape it. It's just, it's not a pleasant place. If I had to choose, I mean, very nice people. I've made a lot of contacts there. But if I had to choose a place to go for on vacation, it would not be Tehran, okay? 
high-rise buildings, traffic jams, not my idea of a good time. So now you've got the same situation. Uh, the elites don't like Ahmadinejad. They think he's too confrontational with the United States. They want to get along. They want to do business. Let's uh, you know, dial it down a little bit. But the people like him. And the people elected him. So what do you do? Well, you say you allege fraud. And then you get the people out on the street. And then the next crucial uh, element is someone's got to die. So there was a big demonstration in front of the besiege, and then suddenly someone starts shooting. Now, because you control the media, the media are going to say, it was Ahmadinejad who gave the order to do the shooting. We've been through this before in uh, Syria. Uh, Assad is killing his own people. How many times did I hear that? Mm -hmm from the dominant media. And then they've got a guy, you know, Mr. And he's the God's honest truth. And he's sitting here in front of us and he says exactly what CBS wants to hear, you know, about how what a bad guy Assad is, you know. And then we'll go past the billboard and nobody can read it anyway. But in Arabic, it says, thank God for Iran and Russia. They're saving us from the, uh, the, uh, uh, the ISIS crowd. So there, there, there you have it, and uh, that's pretty much what we have today. Same situation here in the United States of America. So now we've had, we have widespread evidence of election fraud. No, okay, so based on what you're saying, <clears throat> and just to go back, why, is it say, why do they say color revolution? Is it because it's like the, under the color of law? No, because they assign a color. Oh, yeah. Well, what's the color here? No, this is a colored revolution <laughs> because we got Black Lives Matter involved. So there's no color here. Okay, but the man, the man who perfected this, I mean, I'm jumping ahead when I get to Tehran in 2009. Which, what you need to do is go back to the period after the fall of the Soviet Union, 1991. Well, every virtually when all of these republics broke away, virtually everyone had a color, color revolution. Uh, uh, and the uh, most recent example of that uh, is Armenia. Armenia is now an independent country. There's a large, as, as with th that whole place over there, there the ethnic uh, minorities, uh, ethnic groups, don't necessarily follow the boundary lines between states. So the Kurds are in Iraq, they're in Turkey, and they're in Syria. Okay, an ethnic group. They'd like their own homeland. It's never, not going to happen. hasn't happened yet. So the Armenians are all over the place. They were all over the place during the time of the Ottoman Empire when there was no, there was no, there, there was an independent country uh, for a while. And then it got absorbed into the Soviet Union where it's a socialist republic. It goes back and forth. Well, now they're an independent country, but there's, uh, Azerbaijan has a large uh, uh, Armenian minority there. Uh, it's uh, Nagorno-Karabakh is what they call it. The Armenians call it Artsakh. And the, uh, the, our, the uh, Azeris attacked this enclave. And that called forth a reaction from the Armenians. The Armenian president, Pashinyan, waved the bloody shirt. He started talking about the Armenian genocide. Uh, and we're going to fight these people, and the Armenians volunteered, and they're ready to go and fight for these things and battle back and forth. Of course, the one player here that nobody mentions is Israel, which is supplying Azerbaijan with weapons, sophisticated weapons, drones that are taking out the Armenian tanks. 
and suddenly it doesn't look as if things are going well for the um, for the Armenians. Uh, now Pashinyan came to power in 2018 with a color revolution. Okay, and he was financed by George Soros. Now you've heard of him before. We've yeah, talked was, about him I was before. Just looking at his background last night. Yeah. So if, if this were Fox News, we could not mention the name George Soros, because Newt Gingrich tried that. He and tried. He was he was, uh, he was upbraided by the Info Babe. I forget her name, but anyway, uh, we we don't have to. We can't bring up his name. And Newt gets this look on his face. Newt didn't get the memo. <laughs> you would think that someone is an insider like Newt would have gotten the memo, but he hadn't. He's mad about it too, I think. Is he? Uh, yeah, well, I, I, I hear he him speaking be, out more than he normally mad. does. He should yeah. be mad. Because you should be able to say the word George Soros, the name George Soros. He's the reason that Pashinian's in power there, and Pashinian just sold out the people of Artsakh, the Armenians. He sold them out. He, he basically conducted, uh, brokered a separate peace. And nobody knows where he is, because if they find him, they're going to lynch him. I don't know what they do in Armenia, but if it were Alabama, they would lynch the guy. Uh, because he betrayed the Armenian people. What do you expect? He's a Soros puppet. The only reason he got in was because of Soros money. You expect him to die for Armenia when he's a Soros puppet? No, that's not the way it works. I, I grew up, you know, I'm Norway. I mean, my great-grandfather, but the worst word was quizzling. We grew, I grew up from get-go. Right. Quizzling. Quizzling. Yeah, so Tashinian's a Quisling. And uh, that's, that's the, 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 the latest development of, of color revolutions. Now, it's not the latest development. The latest development is America in 2020, where we have the same thing. So now we're being set up. So to bring this all together here, we had an election. Okay, now, the, the, as in Tehran in 53, the CIA, the oligarchs, control the media, the mainstream media. They have been campaigning against Trump for four years now. They hate the guy. Trump has withstood every attack that they've thrown against him. And now this is the final attack, and we're not going to take no for an answer. And so they engaged, the Democrats now engaged, in massive voter fraud. Now, now, the CIA, haven't they always had an in with the media? I mean, they might marry somebody that's in the media. I mean, aren't they intertwined? Or that? Yeah, you can say it's the deep state. It's the oligarchs. The deep state uh, has to have media now. They have to have media control now. It's just part of life in the 21st century. It was, all, it was that way in the 20th century. I mean, the media are the, are the most important factor in psychological warfare. Psychological warfare is uh, the pre preventing of unauthorized communication among subject peoples. That's Christopher Simpson's version in the science of coercion. But as far as the, you know, the media, you can almost locate, this is my thing, I guess, but you can almost locate back in grade school and high school who's being groomed to be the media spokesman. I mean, they just don't come out of, you know, out of the blind. I mean, they're... No, that's why we have Harvard and Yale. And yeah, so and we, have, we, have, and, and the, we have someone like Pete Buttigieg, our own Pete Buttigieg. This is, so th to bring it back to South Bend, we were, we were talking about this four years ago when it was the Religious Freedom Restoration Act. That was the local version of this, minor version, and it was basically a contest between representative government and oligarchic power. And they, Indiana failed the test. Mike Pence was governor then. He's now vice president. And uh, he failed. 
because he didn't understand what was going on. Well, maybe he understands it now. Maybe, maybe. I mean, this is the hope. Sure. I mean, let's let's hope he let's hope he he can figure it out now. But back then, he was on Meet the Press, and this was all about can you uh, d uh, force people to bake wedding cakes for gay weddings? And the, the pre goes on Meet the Press, and they say, uh, well, doesn't this discriminate against homosexuals? Well, he doesn't know what to say. He's he, he doesn't understand what's going on. He say, look, this is not about homosexuals. This is an assault on representative government. That's what he should have said. Dismiss that. Smack that info babe in the face. But Trump, say, with his background, he'd have an answer like that, just instinctively. He does have uh, a, a quick, uh, a gift for the quick comeback. So it's been a, an attack on representative government. That's what it is today. Okay, but it's an advanced form because now we're not talking about some Religious Freedom Restoration Act in an insignificant state like Indiana. We're talking about the presidency of the United States of America. But it's the same conflict. The people got it wrong. It's, it's like, why did they, if, look, if they elected Trump, they are so stupid that they shouldn't be allowed to make these decisions. Because everybody knows that Trump is, is ridiculous. He's got the, you know, the hair. I mean, if, if, we were, if we had a truly educated republic here, we have truly educated citizens of the sort that go to Yale and Harvard, they would have chosen Pete Buttigieg. But he didn't make it through South Carolina. Well, he didn't make it through South Carolina. There's another what, example. Were you involved in making it hard for him to get through South Carolina? Well, uh, only Allah knows that. Maybe when I get to heaven, if I ever get there, I'll find out what role I played in this. But we were one of the first groups that started talking about the reality of the situation. And that basically Pete, look, it's not, we're supposed to think, oh, he's a homosexual. Oh, well, let's focus on that. Well, really, what homosexuals are, are proxy warriors for the oligarchs. And that's what he is. He's a proxy warrior. He, is, he went to Harvard. Gosh, Harvard. I wish my son could go to Well, wait a minute. My son did go to Harvard. Wait a minute. What's, going, what's, what's, what's wrong here? But they, but they think there's something they, they haven't figured out yet. No, Harvard's a tryout. You get in so you can try out to become a member of the Porcellian or in Yale Skull and Bones, so you can be a loyal, uh, devoted follower of oligarchs and do with their bidding. And that's Pete succeeded massively. He never represented the people of Indiana. Never. Never represented the people of South Bend. South Bend was a stepping stone in his career. Never, whenever it came to the will of the people of South Bend, if it didn't go along with the oligarchic agenda, he would veto it. He didn't care about the will of the people. The abortion clinic, classic example, where the, Supreme, the city council, hardly known for its zeal and the right to life movement, approved uh, the alternative or vetoed the, uh, the abortion clinic permit, and he overturns it because he's there, he's a consul, and he's there to, to make sure that the, the, the proles in South Bend don't do anything that upsets the oligarchs. That's the form of government that he represents, and that's what this is about. Well, we, we, we've made a god out of the IQ and god out of money, and they have the money and they have the IQ. That's right. That's right. You know, we have to just bow. Yeah. It's by, look, it's ipso if, if you get a high score in your SATs, you're smart, right? I mean, it's, it's the same thing, right? You're ipso facto smart, you know? Uh, we're not supposed to talk about cheating uh, on the SATs like the Jews at 
Kaplan uh, prep course, uh, cheating on that? That's in Nicholas Lemon's book, The well, Big Test. When, when Stephen took on the leading Jews of the day and put them in their place, uh, he had just been appointed a little deacon to take out the hand, you know, wipe yeah. the tables. Yeah. They didn't like that. No, they didn't like it. So here, here it is, it's representative government again. And the oligarchs, <laughs> who do these people think they are electing Donald Trump? We need better voters. It, yeah, it was deplorable. Now we're the despicables. Yeah, we've gone. So, so, so they vow. So the deep state is being threatened, and they have fought this guy the whole time. And every time he appoints somebody, it turns out that the guy he appointed doesn't represent him or his view. It represents the deep state that he's fighting against. Well, you remember how the, the whole alternative media <clears throat> with the underground fact system. Okay, and that was with Randy Weaver at Ruby Ridge. Well, who do you think was defending the guy that shot Randy Weaver's wife? Who? William Barr. That's my, what I read. Okay, well, this is, it started at Ruby Ridge. That's where the under, alternative media, the underground fact system, and then Koresh, you know, it led to Ruby, um, led to um, Waco. Well, you've got, you've, these are situations in general, where the FBI is involved in creating the very incident they're, they're protecting us from. That may have been different there, but uh, we had this just in the election, we had the attempt to, so-called so attempt to kidnap Gretchen Whitmer, the governor of Michigan, foiled by, by the FBI. Thank God the FBI is... Well, Trump was saying, if it wasn't for me, I mean, what do you, you know, I, I rescued you. <laughs> it turns out that the, uh, she was, there were uh, six guys, uh, uh, maybe ten guys, and they were going to kidnap her and take her, hold her on a boat in the middle of Lake Michigan. I'm not making this up, okay? And it turns out that uh, Dana Nessel, the Jewish lesbian attorney general, who is also a product of Soros money, I, I hate to mention Soros again, but it keeps cropping up here, uh, she held a press conference in which she said, we could not have done this without the help of the FBI. So five days later, after she says that, the conspirators get arraigned. The first thing the lawyer says, the only person who was in advocating violence in this group was the FBI infiltrator. So it, it was an agent provocateur and it was entrapment. And it'll go the same way that the whole hootery thing went here uh, four years ago, also in Michigan. Kalamazoo Six, or? No, I think it was, I don't, I don't remember exactly. Southern, southwestern Michigan. Uh, six guys in a trailer park with uh, a 22 single action rifle and three bullets. And they're going to overthrow the government of the United States of America. Thank God the FBI got involved. We, we, we barely dodged that attempt to overthrow the government, okay? So again, as soon as the defense lawyer, as soon as the trial opens, the defense lawyer says, well, wait a minute, the only guy who was advocating violence, it turns out he's an FBI agent. So we, we've got, so now, now we've got a situation where the FBI is collaborating with Dana Nessel, who hates Donald Trump, who is in cahoots, with, obviously, with uh, Gretchen Whitmer and her Jocelyn, the Secretary of State, who used to, is associated with the uh, SPLC. Right. Okay. Yeah, the real athletic one. Okay, so, uh, and the FBI is working with these people 
to overthrow the president of the United States of America by a man appointed by Donald Trump. The guy who was head of the FBI had been appointed by Donald Trump. So this is, you realize how, how the oligarchs are not going to take no for an answer. And so there was massive voter fraud in Michigan. There's, these are pivotal states, massive voter fraud in Pennsylvania, Wisconsin. 110% of the people, registered voters, showed up to vote which is laudatory. I mean, we have to give it to the people of Wisconsin. <laughs> it's a lot of effort. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in... in they in, always say give 110%. <laughs> so, in the heyday of communist elections, only 99% of the people would show up for the election well, we and them. vote for the only candidate that was available. But we've gone beyond that. Wisconsin, 110%. Thank you, Wisconsin. So, massive voter fraud. And now it looks to me as uh, that, uh, uh, that, has, that is an idea that will get you banned from social media now. If you start talking about election fraud, you will be banned. And so what happened uh, is that um, the story kept spreading. And the, the media, the mainstream media, uh, you know they're lying. You know they're lying <laughs> because they are so over the top with these stories. Like, like uh, it's not only we have to call this guy uh, president-elect Joe Biden. Well, wait, he hasn't been elected yet. We haven't even counted the votes yet. The Electoral College has not made any type of decision here. We have a month to go before the Electoral College comes together. All we have are the news media. Well, we're back at square one. We're back in Tehran in 1953 now. Because all of the news media agree that Donald Trump has been, has been elected. Well, even Fox News. And so it turns out that the Jew who's the head of the decision desk at Fox News betrayed Trump. So much for gratitude among this group of people. Another, group, another guy, interestingly, who betrayed Donald Trump is none other than his closest friend, Benjamin Netanyahu. Well, your neighbor? Your, I mean, your high school... My uh, high school buddy, yeah. yeah. Uh, who uh, uh, congratulated Joe Biden on winning. When it's not, yo, no, he didn't win yet. Why are you doing this? I was watching, you know, there's so much on the internet on this, but I, some guy, I think it was a psychiatrist, was quoting, I think his name was Dalrupal, and he was saying, dealing with communism, and, but the goal is, is to make it such an obvious lie and then make the people live that lie. I mean, act like it's true. Yeah, it's you totally have to live, humiliating. live the lie, yes, and then you're completely docile because you're imposing this lie on yourself. So we have articles like Jill Biden, First lady-elect is not going to quit her job. Well, is it, I mean, we're having human interest stories about people. Wait a minute, your husband hasn't been elected yet. Don't you think we're smart enough to know that? No, you don't think that. They are overplaying their hand here. They are way overplaying their hand. In, in 2000, we had a contested election in Florida and for 30 days, the only news was about Florida. So you at least admitted that there was a conflict. Now you have a contested election that is of a whole different magnitude, and they're completely suppressing any type of uh, discussion of it. They had, they had a, I saw a scene like the two top Fox, maybe Brett Baer and then the lady, 
but the lady, the real pretty lady for Fox was on there. They're and all she, pretty. Right, and, and her guest was a whole... You have to be pretty to get the job. <laughs> and the guest was a homely lawyer woman from um, uh, D.C. And so the, the discussion was the homely lawyer is saying, well, hold it here. How can you be president-elect? That's up to the, uh, the authorities, you know? And the, the pretty one just looks at her with disdain, you know, and goes, well, we've declared it. You know, don't, I mean, what, <laughs> we've declared it. It's like... I mean, in your face. Well, the New York Times said that the press declares the winner. So it's like, it's like, well, every time, you know, every time I look at the thermometer, you know, there's a temperature there, you know? Did the thermometer create the temperature? Did the, did the thermometer make it snow? Well, aren't you press? I mean, you're an investigative journalist. That's one big part of your identity. I mean, you're really good at getting into stuff. Why can't, I mean, they have more authority than you? Yes. Oh. Yes, they do. I know that comes as a shock to you, but it's, it's true. Because I don't write for the New York Times. And you can't write now. For even, even they had this editor who was, you know, by our standards, completely politically correct. And she got driven out of the New York Times. Uh, so it's, it's this, what you're seeing is this fanaticism now that has just taken on. It's like a, a moral panic. It's like the Salem witch trial. You know, where suddenly everyone is infected by this, this craziness. I mean, everyone on, on that side. Uh, and a, a huge polarization now. So it, it looks as if, so it's going to, so what we said four years ago is now coming completely true. It's going to come down to a contest between representative government and the oligarchs, in particular their media. But government. what happened four years ago, in a sense, we won. We were able to shift the narrative locally here. And then the idea was that it might have had a domino effect. It might have, the narrative that we shifted here carried over to well, South Carolina. It, 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 went, it went to North Carolina. So after it left here, suddenly there was people, I mean, you forget about it, but there was this big issue about gender neutral bathrooms. You know, and that became the issue. And they were threatening to remove the, what was it? Is it the Super Bowl that was going to be in North Carolina or something like that? If you don't go along with gender neutral bathrooms, we're going to pull the plug on the Super Bowl. And you guys will lose I mean, was that George? $500 million. I mean, we're, you can't, I don't do that. Oh, no. And finally, some guy, a legislature in a legislator in North Carolina wakes up and he says, this is an attack on representative government. Well, it took about four states before the, the dime dropped, before people started talking about discrimination against homosexuals or transgendered people, as if that were the issue. That's not the issue. That's a joke. It's representative government. And you, you I don't care. These losers in Indiana, they elected you. I don't care about that. Who cares about Indiana? You do what you're told. And we're going to tell you what, to, what we're told. And now we're going through exactly the same thing. The media have gone into a total frenzy over a, a, a kind of negative frenzy, if that's possible, where it's not so much that they are uh, ferocious in their attack. They're ferocious in suppressing the very news that they're supposed to be reporting. So 2000, it was a contact be contest between Gore and, and, uh, and Bush. Well, that's, doesn't that sell newspapers? 
when you got a contest like that? I mean, I have to get up every morning. Did did Gore win or did Bush win? You know, I keep going. Well, the, 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 uh, the NFL football is way down. This is a lot, lot more interesting than uh, right. Aaron Rodgers. But it's not being touched at all. Not we're not even. There is no contest. The only time it's mentioned is when you know, like Trump, the lunatic, has delusions that there was cheating. Well, wait a minute. Isn't that a little tendentious? Aren't you? Is that reporting or is that basically telling you? The thing what is, they think? got like that Mike Flynn has an attorney, Cindy, Sydney uh, Powell. Yeah. And she gets up and she goes, Well, you know, every state, sometimes one out of a thousand, just when they fill in the blank for president, they, they don't do the senator. So, like, maybe out of a million, you get a thousand that didn't do the senator. Well, in Michigan, in these places, it's 150,000 instead of 1,000. Because <laughs> to pull the operation off, they just had to go president. They didn't have time. Yeah. And I was talking to Mike doing the show here. Because he, he understands how the you know, it works. He goes, oh, they wouldn't have been able to do the whole thing. Well, no, I know it. <laughs> no. No, I, I, was a, uh, I worked at the polls here. I was the head of the polls for years here for elections. And they had big... Machines weighed about five tons that they'd roll in, you know, and you'd pull a lever and a little number would click in the back. And then at six o'clock, you close the polls. Yeah, but, but all these mail-in, see. Well, they've confused the whole thing. You know, mail-in, when you go here to vote here, you have to show your ID. Well, you don't have to show anything when you mail it in. So the potential for fraud has increased. Oh. Uh, a bit. And then there's the computer thing. How do you know the computer's registering what you're doing? And then we got the stories now of, uh, well, the CIA developed a computer, uh, computer program that can go into the election computer and change the results. Hammer and scorecard. Yeah. So, well, you know, okay, you know more than I do. I'm, I was never in the, F, in the CIA. This guy was. He said that they developed it. Well, let's take what he said and... See if the results parallel that. Like in the middle of the night, suddenly 100,000 votes came in and they were all for Biden. That seems unlikely. Well, then you get on the Internet, you got people have videos of Air Force Navy, you know, Air Force military jets flying in with the ballots. You know, I mean, it's crazy. But see, here's the you said in, in Tehran, it seems like for this color revolution, what they want, they almost want you to think there's fraud. You have to. You have to cast. So out. they don't. They win either way. They can't. No. It's, this is what's going to happen here. So we've got a. Uh, so I'm going to make a prediction. I'm going to say that the courts are going to overturn Biden's election, and Trump will be uh, embark upon his second term in office. As soon as that becomes clear. There will be rioting in the streets. So that's the next part of the color revolution. Do you think? Okay, but do you think? Okay, we know that Jesus was crucified because Pontius Pilate, knowing he was innocent, caved in to the fear that that if he didn't crucify him, there'd be an insurrection. Right. Okay. Doesn't if the Supreme Court is like Pontius Pilate, isn't it possible that they can chicken that they can not do the right thing? Look, you're, they're not really comparable. If you're talking about Pontius Pilate, he's one man. He's a representative of a hated empire. Everybody knows he's on the other side. And those people are right there. Okay. And they could storm, you know, he's got guards there with swords. But, you know, how many, how many people can... He, his, the danger to his life was imminent. Okay. I don't see that in okay. the Supreme Court. I just don't see it. Now, it's not to say that they couldn't 
Don't forget, they're now go, they just go to your house now. They go right to your house. Yeah. Well, they know that. And they know that. And they, we, what we had was a lesson uh, during this past summer of the George Floyd riots of what to expect. So do you, want your, do you want these people in your neighborhood threatening to burn your house down? Everybody's got a gun now. They're waiting. So that's what put Trump in office. I think that's what put Trump over the top. It was the fear of uh, over law and order. Same thing as 68. Uh, now it's Donald Trump is the only one who understands, the only one I can vote for, who is going to protect me from Black Lives Matter and Antifa. Pretty clear. I can't depend on my Democratic mayor, lesbian Jenny Durkin, Notre Dame graduate. She's not going to protect me in Seattle. Ted Wheeler is not going to protect me. He's a pawn of Antifa. All you need is a good Portland. social worker to help you get through this. The, the, whatever the guy's name is in Minnesota, uh, Minneapolis, where the, they, they did what the, he's a liberal who does what the, these people tell him to do. And now crime has skyrocketed because he's crippled the police. Do you want that? No, I don't want that. I don't think most of the American people want. They, they, we know what they're, what they're planning. We've seen it. This is like saying the earth is flat. I mean, oh, let's get rid of the police. The earth is flat? I mean, where, where are you coming you up with this? Do you think if you get rid of the police, crime will increase? Well, yeah, there's a criminal element who feels that they can now act out with impunity. There are certain cities where this has already been the case, largely university cities like Columbus, Ohio, where the people, the students there are in total fear of being uh, assaulted or robbed because the police have basically, they're standing down. Oh, they are in Columbus? Yeah, I just got a report on that. Hmm. Or what the police were sort of told to stand down in Chicago, and the result was mayhem. Does anybody even know the theory behind defunding the police, or is this just raw propaganda? I mean, what's the theory? That we're all good people? Well, the theory uh, is that the police are responsible for the murder of George Floyd. The police, if we didn't have police, we wouldn't have uh, these unpleasant confrontations where the cop pulls his gun, the white cop pulls his gun and shoots a black guy. It's obvious that the only problem here is that white cop pulling that gun and shooting that black guy. So you remove the white cop with the gun, well, <laughs> suddenly these black criminals can commit crime with impunity. Well, the only reason you've got that in <clears throat> you got that situation in Philadelphia, okay? Again, I hate to bring this up, but Larry Krasner, the Jewish prosecutor there, is a Soros guy. This is Soros money. As soon as he gets in, he's not going to prosecute black-related crime, marijuana, stuff like that. Okay? Well, guess what? The, cr the criminality increases, and the, as soon as the criminality increases, suddenly you got this black guy with a knife going after a cop. Well, the cops shot him and killed him. I saw that. Okay, this, the, let me explain this to you. But it wasn't, he, was, he had a mental problem. It wasn't anything criminal. I understand. Criminal. I understand. You may have a mental, you probably do have a mental problem if you think you're going to be able to subdue a cop with a knife when he's got a gun. You've got to be crazy. And the point is, uh, if, if, you, if you want to live a long, productive life, don't do that because you're going to end up dead because the sh cop will shoot you. And it, it's self-defense. And he's the agent of the law. So what's, what's the big deal? But that led to a riot. And then they had to send in the National Guard because the city of Philadelphia is incapable of enforcing the law, largely because of Larry Krasner, who won't prosecute crimes. And it turns out, wait a minute, oh, they're all over the place. Kim Gardner in uh, St. Louis, 
where we had that big, uh, we've talked about that before, yeah. the whole statue thing. Okay, and instead of prosecuting uh, criminals, she's going after the McCloskeys because they were going to defend their house. So this, this is the mess that we're in. But as I said, you know, we understand it better now than we did before. I mean, if you, if you have the mind to perceive what's going on, you can see pretty clearly what's, what's happening. But, but, but based on um, 1953 in Iran, <clears throat> you're saying that the pattern is that you, you have an election and then there's fraud and you kind of want them to know there's fraud so the other side gets mad. Right. So, so they don't, so if they win and nobody just ignores the fraud, you win there. Right. Then if they go crazy on the fraud, you win there. Well, we're facing that challenge right now. So basically you're facing the, the forces of law, let's call them Donald Trump, is facing precisely this dilemma. If you win, the, 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 the revolutionaries, I said basically, okay, if you go along, then you leave the White House. Okay, if you're successful in contesting the fraud, then we will burn down your cities, the cities of America, including Washington. Well, I, I so just, which is it going to be? I just had somebody uh, say that the uh, somebody, a younger person in the 20s, saying that's exactly how a lot of her f friends are feeling, that well, they're, they're voting for they're, Biden to avoid. How, how could how could anyone, how could a loser like Donald Trump ever win an election? All of my friends, you can just see it on Facebook. It's just the chatter on Facebook. You know, everybody I talk to hates Donald Trump. He couldn't possibly be. A, well, maybe, honey, maybe it's because you're talking to a small group of people. Maybe that's the whole point of Facebook, is to give you the impression that there are all these people who think just like you uh, when it's an illusion. Yeah, but when you... It's, when, it's three trolls in Tel Aviv pressing buttons. Yeah, but when you were in fifth grade, you, I mean, you could have hated that teacher, and then when you had kids, and you put it in the fifth grade, not that you would send a public then you send him to the teacher that you hated. Why? He was a good teacher. <laughs> so the fact that they hate Donald Trump, what's that have to do with anything on whether he's doing a good job running the country? So the question is, do we have rule of law or not? That's what this, that's what this issue is right now. There's no other issue. Well, if the, do if, we have representatives? If the oligarchs can change the laws to their favor, they could well, argue... they do that all the time. They've and they done, say, well, we're under rule done, of law. Look, what are you they, complaining about? No, they've done that for years. I mean, basically, it was government by the rich and for the rich and of the rich. That's what it was. Everybody knew that. That's what Donald Trump elected. We were, you were there in South Bend, you know, when the big rally took place. Yeah, two we, put, parties, we put them over the top. Two parties who represented oligarchic interests because they pay you to do this. And this has submerged that issue, okay? So, for example, uh, Jackie Walorski got swept in on Donald Trump's coattails here. Well, you, you don't represent the people of South Bend. You, re, you, you signed a pledge for the Israel lobby. You support the Israel lobby. Uh, you support the military-industrial complex, and if, if people here can get, you know, some decent-paying jobs making Hummers, then that's it. That's the end of the story. We get the crumbs that fall off the table. And, and the people who contest it uh, never contest the right issue. So we even, a couple of years back, Joe Bach, remember Joe oh, Bach? Oh, yeah, yeah. We, 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 uh, we put it on the public access. Right. And, and this is before we were on, uh, on YouTube. So Joe Bach ran against Jackie. Joe Bach had been living in Palestine. 
wait a minute, you lived with the Palestinians. I've never lived with Palestinians. So, Joe, this means you've got, you found her Achilles heel. It's the Israel lobby. Oh, no, 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 that's right. No, I interviewed him here on the public access, and I pressed the Israel uh, question, and he was all for it. He was behind in the election. He had nothing to lose. That's why he came on. His advisors, when they saw I pressed the issue, which got them all excited because that's what that was his. That's who he is. Right. He's Mr. Middle East, and he, you know he's getting all into it. Well, he was instructed, I guess, that he was supposed to avoid that. You know, and so they said, well, we can't play that. So you don't, you're not going to play that. You're behind. You got no, you have nothing well, to lose. The, so where, who's representing? So so this is all all of this stuff now. It's being pushed to the side because who cares about Jackie right now? Of course, she's a stooge of the Israel lobby. Of course, that's true. But we have bigger fish to fry because the situation has gotten worse. It gets worse and worse and worse. And you just ignore the, oh, that, that was yesterday. We got to feel, feel, you know, our very existence. Well, it's true. It hasn't gotten worse. Okay? But that doesn't change the problem. That doesn't change the dynamic. It's the same dynamic. Do we have representative government, or are these people simply pawns of uh, the, the the rich and the oligarchs? I mean, people are just. I mean, they. I mean, they're flabbergasted. It's like the nine eleven trade towers, and that the German guys interviewing Trump. You know, <laughs> they interviewed Trump the first day. He said, "Well, it was obviously bombs that brought it down." Well, then the German guy inter, in, in, you know, talks to him from Germany, in Germany, and then in German and English, and he says, "Mr. Trump." We thought the buildings, the trade towers were built to handle jets hitting them. What happened? And Trump goes, yeah, but, you know, we forgot about when people want to be kamikazes. You know, what can you do? You know, and it got 1,600. Uh, they, they don't need, I mean, it's, the fraud is so obvious. It's so obvious yeah, those okay, trade towers. So, so let's look at the bright side. We now, uh, this has been quick now. The whole, the reaction to the fraud is within hours. I know it. 9-11. 9-11, it took years. Pearl Harbor, how long did that take? The Kennedy assassination, how long did that take? I don't think it's ever been resolved. I mean, that was pretty much an open and shut case. It was closed before, and then you're watching, you know, Jack Rubenstein come and murder. Uh, he's got connections with Meyer Lansky, and he's murdered. But no one's talking about this. Mm -hmm. It was just shut down immediately. That lawyer in uh, uh, Louisiana, he'd come into the paper, but he didn't. He didn't go anywhere. No. So, but now we've got suddenly we realize no, this is this is happening right now, real time, and we got to do something about it. So you're going to Washington. Yeah, I have a friend. You know, um, uh, he just called me today. He said, "Let's go." And so there's going to be a big protest in Washington? Yeah, on Saturday. About the stolen election? Yeah, that's the theme. Okay, uh, who's going to cover it? <laughs> Do you want to take any bets? No, that's what I said. I said, hold it here. If this is Alex Jones, and, and uh, I said, I don't want to be going into a trap. So he said, well, we're going to, you know, we'll be careful if we smell something. Because, you know, how they're going to try to label it. How many it. people are going to show up? I heard a million. Okay. I bet you it'll be like the right to life march. Every every time that happens, it'll be like the it'll be like the anti-COVID pr uh, protest in Berlin. Now you can take a their picture. It's the same place. 
It's the, uh, from, where, I don't know where exactly it starts, but you can see the Brandenburger Tour in the background. And that's a certain area, and you can look, and it's nothing but people. And so when it's the uh, love, when it's George Floyd protest, it's the same number of people, and that's a million people. Then it's the anti-COVID protest, and it's the same place, the same number of people, and it's 13,000. <laughs> Wait a minute. It's like the number of votes Trump got. <laughs> so, this, uh, do you want to say, would you take bets about the report that's going to come out in the Washington Post? Now, this is the Washington Post. This is a local story for the Washington Post. That's Jeff Bezos, right? And, what, and, and now, yeah, they bought the thing. And they can't. They did nothing but campaign against Donald Trump for the entire election. They, they didn't even come close to doing journalism. This is not journalism. This is, this is the propaganda ministry for the Democratic Party. But what's going to happen, okay, so if Trump wins and this movement kind of wins, they're going to kind of sweep 9-11 along with it. So what's the, the, well, the let's, ministry? Let's look, at what, well, let's look at what will happen if Trump wins. Someone, can we go back and look at all of those articles that we've just been reading this week about President-elect Biden? Let's, let's take it even further. One of the biggest scandals to come out of this thing is that the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops congratulated jo President-elect Joe Biden on his victory. Well, wait a minute, he hasn't won yet. And then they went on to say he's the second Catholic president of the United States. Well, he hasn't won yet. The election hasn't been called. No, but they're, in the, they're all in the rectory watching Fox News for the last 10 years, and Fox News told them all. So, so what is going to happen to the credibility of, let's say, the Catholic bishops now? They, as a group, they have endorsed this voter fraud. The, the old-timers who don't f feel like automatically just caving into everything? No, maybe the young people are used to, yeah, let's have peace, let's have peace. The old-timers may not be that way. But we'll see, because there's going to be a, sudden, a massive loss of credibility, the most part, for the most part, among the mainstream media, which was, they were on their last legs to begin with, in terms of credibility. They had nothing to lose. Well, they, they, they had, they were desperate. I think that they felt that this was... Maybe this is their battle of the bulge. Maybe this is... Uh, this is an all or nothing situation. I think that they had that sense of panic, that if Trump gets in for a second term, it's the end of the world as we know it. And they pulled out all the stops. Yeah, both and, sides. And think when you do that, they overplayed their hand. They now, overplayed now, their hand. And now you're going to have Doug Collins, who is the pit bull defending, uh, uh, defending Trump against impeachment. He lost the election in uh, Georgia against the, the girl. So now he is Trump's point man. And they've succeeded in making Georgia say, we're going we're gonna to do a full audit. We're going to do a, a full recount and a full, um, another one, canvas. Uh, canvas. And Doug Collins is going to be a pit bull pressing it, and then all the other states are going to have to fall suit. So you're going to have Wisconsin is going to have to do it. Uh, I, I don't, this is Hitler losing the Battle of the Bulge. I don't, it, it, he couldn't have won to begin with. But they thought they had to do it. I think Hitler could have won. That battle. I think it was just they ran out of gas. They could. They came close, but it was one of those decisive moments. Like, like it's just we got to win this, or it's all over.
You know, we got to get to Antwerp. We got to get to those those gasoline. We got to get the gasoline in Antwerp to put in the tanks, the diesel, whatever it is. We just got to do it. And they didn't do it, and they didn't win. And the gym, one guy said, you know, try to get him to surrender. He said, nuts. Yeah. Nobody knew what that meant. Nusa. Der hat der Ami hat Nusa gesagt. Well, the guy who said it was half German, I'm sure, anyway. Was bedeutet Nusa? Wir haben eine anständige Frage gestellt und er hat mit Nusa beantwortet. That's terrible. That was the type of conversation that was going on in, in the command control in the German army. So it's a, it's a defining moment because this is the moment of uh, representative government. Do we have representative government or not? Can we elect someone that the oligarchs don't like? Well, as we were saying at the breakfast Saturday, somebody brought it up that basically with Ginsburg dying, if she hadn't died, theoretically, the Supreme Court could... Did she die theoretically? <laughs> no, no. I'm saying the Supreme Court might have decided right. the other way. But wait a minute. You, uh, the Third Circuit Court of Appeals overturned her death. Oh. Didn't you know that? Well... <laughs> So I'm, just, I'm saying, is it providential? Obviously, everything, everything is. Everything is providential. There's nothing outside of God's providence. But this has that kind of resonance of the resurrection. This, I can just feel that sense of resurrection here. I mean, what was the greatest catastrophe in human history? The, the Jews just murdered God. I mean, can you think of anything worse than that? They crucified God. I mean, their Messiah, they missed the boat. They their missed Messiah it. on top of that, they crucified <laughs> I think we messed so can up. Can you imagine what it's like being, you know, well, I guess we're walking back to the upper room and we're thinking, you know, God, what do we do now? We thought he was God. We thought this was the beginning of something really big and now he's dead. What do we do now? And then suddenly the tomb is empty. I mean, it was like the complete reversal, the absolute worst thing could ever happen turned into the absolute best thing that could And nobody happen. believed it at first. It was the women that reported it, and nobody would believe a woman back yeah, then. Yeah, so they run down, you know, John runs down there, and the tomb is empty. Well, this was, I, I get the sense of reversal here. I well, finished, I finished, when I finished the Jewish revolutionary spirit, I said reversal is in the air. Yeah, it is. It's been, a, it's been 11 years, and there's been a lot of uh, strife in that 11 years, but I still think reversal is in the air, and I think this is going to be an example. I think, I think this, I just see it. I don't, I don't see any other alternative. Well, it's going to depend on God's mercy. I mean, it's going to depend on crying out, and God intervenes and blesses us, apparently, with a blessing maybe we don't the deserve. The Lord hears the cry of the poor, and I guess the Lord hears the cry of the deplorables, uh, and this is going to be the revenge of the deplorables. I just, that, that's my, I'm, I'm going out on a limb here. I mean, no one knows the future, but I mean, you know, we all have to act as if we know the sun's going to come up in the morning. You know, we all have to act as if it's going to get cold in winter, you know, and you better get the warm clothing out. We all have to act on these, even though we don't know the future. And I'm saying this is, this is where I see it going. And the main evidence, I think, is the hysterical tone among the mainstream media. And on that note, we got to end. Okay, okay. Um, <clears throat> Dr. E. Michael Jones, uh, this is Citizens for Community Media, and hopefully you take this back to your community and get people to uh, 
to look into this issue uh, deeper. So until next time, Peter Helen. <laughs>